0: Amen. Amen. Keep praying with my daughter. She'll be able to continue to use uh, what's going on with her with the cancer to witness to people because they didn't, they can't believe her attitude. And she had an opportunity to witness to two uh, two technicians today. We're doing some more testing, and they looked at her and she's she's smiling and she's looking at them and. They had to do the test before they could do some of the tests. you got to wait a minute. I can't do that unless I take my leg off because she's an amputee. And they're looking at her. She had on Slack, so they didn't know that. And they're going, how come you have this attitude? And she said, let me tell you about my Jesus. Amen. So, okay, we're going to continue with the message tonight. But first... a Dutchman was explaining the red, white, and blue Netherlands flag to an American. And he said, our flag is symbolic of our taxes. We get red when we talk about them, white when we get to pay our tax bills, and blue after we pay them. The American said, it's the same in the USA, only we see stars too. Now, husband and wife, don't get upset with me. If you can't laugh... It's your relationships, something's wrong with you, all right? After a, a quarrel, a husband said to his wife, you know, I was a fool when I married you. She replied, yes, dear, but I was in love and didn't notice. A lady placed an ad in the classifies husband wanted. The next day, she received hundreds of, hundreds of letters. They all said the same thing, you can have mine. A bride upon her engagement went to her mother and said, "I found a man just like father." Her mother replied, "So what? You want sympathy from me?" Okay. We're getting beat up with this guys, okay? When a woman steals your husband, there's no better revenge than let her keep him. <laughs> a little boy asked his father, "Daddy, how much does it cost to get married?" And the father replied, "I replied, I don't know, son, I'm still paying." Young son, is it true, Dad? I heard some that in some parts of Africa a man doesn't know his wife until he marries her. Dad said, That happens in every country, son. <laughs> there was a man who said, I never knew what real happy, happiness was until I got married, and then it was too late. <laughs> Pastor Keene and I do a lot of marriage counseling, and you've got to be able to laugh at yourself, all right? A woman was telling her friend, I made my husband a millionaire. And what was he before you married him, the friend asked. Well, he was a billionaire. (laughs) Just think, if it weren't for marriage, men would go through life thinking they had no faults at all. (laughs) The most effective way to remember your wife's birthday is to forget it just once. Okay. We are finishing tonight. The Church of the Living God. And last week, I want you to turn to 1 Timothy 3.15 it's the verse we started with last week and it says but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God which is the church of the living God the pillar and the ground of truth 2 Corinthians 10.32 says give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the, the Gentiles nor to the church of God and then I've telling you, we're making comparisons and we're saying the church is likened to you find in the scriptures. And last week we looked at the fact that it was likened to a body. And we had looked at verses in Ephesians chapter 1. And you need to turn to Ephesians because that's where our primary verses are going to be. And we'll go to other verses out of there. It was likened unto a body. We also saw last week it's likened unto a temple, unto the Lord. And again, remember I told you last, last week, Old Testament missions was... You come to the temple, New Testament missions, the temple goes to them. Okay. And we finished up last Wednesday with it was likened to a mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he, you know, and he talked about the marriage last week and the idea that a, a man shall leave father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh, and this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, tonight, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And the church of the living God is likened to a new man. A new man. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning and craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working, the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. It's likened to a perfect man. And you're talking in verse 16, the whole body. So as I told you last week when we looked at the fact that it was likened to a body, is that each and every part of the body of Christ is important to God. Okay, how many of you realize that they used to say that this evolutionists try to say that our tailbone is a distal bone left from when we lost our monkey tails? And it really has no value until you break it and you understand how effective it, how much it, it affects the whole rest of your spine and it's needed for your balance and your equilibrium. But they tried to say it was not needed just like they tried to tell you that the appendix was a useless organ and so they used to take it out very very quickly even with children they don't do this fast now because they found out it's a primary part of your immune system okay so I want you to understand every part and you're a new man you each make up part of the new man you are a new man in Christ therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. But you're part of the new man. I want you to look at verses 22. We're going to read 22 through 25 in the same chapter, Ephesians chapter 4. Let me see, I'll start at verse 21. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, what? The old man, which is corrupt according deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on what? The new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of what? One of another. Now turn back to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. A new man. How many of you ever had this happen? You're you're, you're traveling someplace and you start talking to somebody, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit that bears witness with their spirit. My son Mike had it this week. He's trying to minister to a vet, and all of a sudden the guy looks at him and he goes, Are you a believer? It's happened to yesterday, right? At work, just in a way, comported himself, and there's something about that. Okay, Many times, you know something, we can tell when a person is really miserable, we know they're a believer. Because they don't feel like they fit in the world, they don't feel like they, they fit in the body, but they're still part of it. There's something about that because it's part of being part of the new man. So in Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 14. It's speaking of Jesus Christ. Well, I'll go at verse 13. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one, one, and hath broken down the middle wall, the partition between us. That's between the believer and the commonwealth of Israel. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make... In himself of twain, what? One new man making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity. That's bitter hatred thereby. Okay. And came and preached peace to you which were far off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. See? One new man. The church of the living God is that way. And so I want you to be real careful, because just about the time you think you're better than another part, you're going to find out you are not. Okay? And about the time you stand in judgment, you're going to find out you have no right to stand in judgment. Okay? You have the right to kneel in prayer for them. And if you have earned the right, and they know that you love them, then you can go to them when you see them heading in a wrong direction. There's times in this church I've said to people, and I've counseled with them, and I said, I don't want to be right. But if you continue in what's happening, this is where it will take you. See, you can do that, right? If a brother be overtaken in a fall, ye which are spiritual... And don't think you're spiritual. Let others reveal that to you. Let God reveal that to you. Because about the time you think you're spiritual, you need to be humbled. Okay? If a brother be overtaken and fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, knowing ye yourselves what? Also likewise can be tempted. Bear ye... One of those burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's what makes us different than the world. You know what's being lost more and more in saved people? That right there. We live in a day and age where there is a spirit in this country. And get got to remember God is not the author of confusion but there's a spirit that's gaining preeminence in this country that brings about division. Division in homes between parents and children. Divisions between parents and used to be something, you know, that when I grew up, my parents trusted the school system. Some of you at my age, you have the same thing, trusted the school system. And I don't blame it on the teachers today. There's many believers who work as public school teachers. And they have so many rules and guidelines against them. Where does it come from? Everything starts coming from a higher authority. We live in a day and age where our government tries to bring about division. COVID wasn't about illness. It was about gaining control. And I'm tired of saying that I was a killer of old people because I did not get vaccinated. If you did, I don't have a problem with you. If you're persuaded in your mind, fine. I was persuaded in my mind not to. You have that privilege. That doesn't make me better than you, and it doesn't make you better than me. See, because we're all part of the new man. Spiritually, some of us are vaccinated. They cover us for us. That was meant to be funny. So we have, we're likened to a new man. Secondly, now I want you to go, our second point. Like I said, I'm not going to tarry. Ephesians chapter 5. I like this. Ephesians chapter 5. When I say that, you ever seen that? You ever read parts of the scriptures and you go, Lord, I need, I, I know I need to know that, but I really don't like this? Okay. There's things I read, and my wife and I will be doing our devotion. and she goes, ouch! You know, we're reading it, going, I know, but it hurts me more than it hurts you. And she goes, I know, I was saying ouch for you, because that's who you are. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. Ephesians 5 and verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise... But understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with what? And if you are, you'll be singing to your, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for what? See, that's an ouch, isn't it? Giving thanks for what? For all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. All things, you can give thanks for that. Daughter gets cancer, give thanks for that. You have cancer, give thanks. God's going to use it. See, there's a mindset we don't understand. And in our old nature, it doesn't make any sense, does it? But in the, the new man. It makes a lot of sense when you dwell on him. Okay? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Judy always says ouch to that. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be unto their own husbands in everything. I didn't say you can't have your own view. I'm not preaching on that tonight. But that doesn't mean that you're a doormat, that you can't voice anything. All right. If you want to understand what that's talking about, talk to Pastor Kenny after the service. All right. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. See, he's not busy enough. He only, he only works about 17 hours out of 24. <laughs> Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it unto himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without what blemish. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse two. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse two. The Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, "For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You know what you know what the, the church of the living God is likened to? It's likened to a bride a bride look at colossians chapter 1 Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 in you that were sometimes sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now hath he what so Don't stay in the guilt of what you used to be. It's not my message, but it's something God once said. Don't stay in the guilt of what you used to be. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable, in his sight Isn't that an amazing passage hmm? you'll find a place in your, your Bible that says "And such were some of you talking about the sins of the vanity of the flesh and of the Gentiles and such were some of you but now ye are washed now ye are sanctified now ye are glorified Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's trying to present us, a chaste virgin, to Christ. Look at Jude, verse 24. Jude, 24. Last book before Revelation. So go to Revelation chapter 1 and look up. Jude, 24. If you've got Jude chapter 2, Talk to Pastor Kenny after the service about your Bible. Jude 24, and it says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Doesn't that sound like eternal security? To, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise, God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. There's something about that cleansing power of the blood that puts you in the body and makes you part of the bride. Revelation chapter 19. In verse six of Revelation nineteen. And I heard as it were the voice of a a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and is the voice of the mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in what? Clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These things are the true sayings of God. And when you look at this, I want you to understand something about this with this bride. You can do a study on fine linen. You find it twice mentioned to some of the, the churches. You find it in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, and Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, telling them that they're tried, they should work to keep their linen. So, okay, you don't want 18, you don't want to be found naked. Okay, that was the church at Laodicea, having lost their wedding garment. Okay, so I want you to understand something. It's likened unto a bride. And it, Revelation 22 and verse 17, it says and the spirit and the bride say come this is the last invitation in the whole bible it's an there's many invitations you could do a series of messages on the invitations in the scriptures and the last invitation in verse 17 says and the spirit and the bride say come and let him that heareth say come and let him that is athirst come and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely I can remember this, you know, and you know, some men, it means something to, you know, and they got to keep their family happy. But you know what a bride will sit down and do before the wedding? She'll start making a list of all the people she wants to come to the wedding. Why? She wants them to partake apart, tar, yeah, partake in the joy of her union with the one she's loved, who's going to be hers, and she's going to be his. Now, I'm talking about a physical analogy, right? But you know what the spiritual analogy is? You know what the bride is doing the last time you hear her mentioned in all the scriptures? She's saying, Come. You're part of the bride of Christ. You know what you need to be saying to people? Come. Don't ever lose sight of that. That's one of those things about it. You know, (laughs) I tell the the bride and the groom when I'm doing the wedding, I said, don't get worried about the people in front of you, okay? You look at each other. Repeat what I'm saying to you, and you look at each other. You know, Our bridegroom's been looking for us. You know what he wants us to do? Look for him and invite others to come. The church of the living God is likened unto a bride. You know when you don't do that is when you make it all about yourself. I did a wedding... Not in this church it wasn't for a family of members of the church it was for a personal friend and this girl she made everything about herself I mean to the point that the wedding was supposed to be at four o'clock in the afternoon and I was starting the vows at 430 because the curl of her hair wasn't quite right there were so many things that were going on with that in the The husband, the bridegroom, he was dressed in a Marine Corps uniform. And he's waiting for her to come. That guy stood up front for an extra half hour because this girl made it. I want me to look just this certain way. Or I'm not going in there. You know what I love about my bridegroom? He's busy making me clean. Because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he's likened to a bride. So, bride, start inviting. Amen? Now, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. It's the last one, last point tonight. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I wish more people would learn to quit fighting with each other and realize they're in a spiritual battle. Christians, quit fighting in your homes in the flesh. I say that in Christian love. If you have a problem with me, go talk to Pastor Kenny. (laughs) For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand an evil day, and having done all to stand. Who wants to destroy your marriage? The enemy of your soul. Who wants to destroy your children and your relationship with them? the enemy of your soul. Okay? So that's who you're going to be fighting against. Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God, you may be able to withstand an evil day, and having done all the stand, stand therefore having your loins gird about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall able, be able to quench all the fiery darts of the... Wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with persever- all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And he goes on, he's talking about being able to boldly give the mystery of the gospel. But you know what that pictures the believer as? A soldier in a battle. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Until a young person learns to follow orders, They can never truly fight victoriously. There's people who get caught in the military they call it dereliction of duty. There's so many things involved in that picture. Okay, now I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. You should know what this passage is. 2 Timothy 2, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, verse 1, and the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. In, thou therefore endure what? It doesn't say you to be hard, it says you're to endure the hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may be able to please him who hath chosen him to be a. The church of the living God has been chosen to be made up of soldiers by Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? Turn to Revelation chapter 9. I was talking to Pastor Kenny about this, I asked him a couple of questions. We were talking about that, and I found it find it interesting in this. I think somebody ought to go ahead and they want to study it out, they can. Okay, I'll give you a few things. Revelation chapter 19 again. Okay, and we started at verse 6 and we read down through to verse 9, talking about the the, the marriage of the supper of the lamb and his bride. Verse 10 says, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Jesus. Jesus, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness doth he judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, the same as you find him in the beginning of the book of Revelation. Okay, And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now look at this next thing. Right after the marriage supper of the Lamb, he gets married, and then he's on a horse, a white horse coming down from heaven, and he's bringing his army with him. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clean In fine linen, white and clean. White horses clothed, excuse me, clothed in white linen, white and clean. And he, out of his mouth, when a sharp, go with a sharp sword, that when he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. The armies, you know, it's plural, Armies. You have New Testament saints who make up his bride, who are also his soldiers, and they come. Now, interesting, he brings them into battle, but it's not much of a battle, because the sword goes out of his mouth, and it's over. How do you like that? Wouldn't it be great if we had generals who led our men into... There's been some in history. I've read a book called Chesty. It was about Chesty Puller always led his men into battle. okay. And there's many generals in each of the wars we've had, they led their men into battle and the guys followed them. They followed the leadership. And they were able to have victory over overwhelming odds because they were following a great leader. And then we've had generals in our history that they were Rear assignment generals telling people what to do. That's not who our God is. And so you have the army that's made up formally of his bride. Okay, turn to the Song of Solomon. And we'll close with this Song of Solomon. That's that great big book right after Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Okay? Open it to chapter 6. Look at verse 10. Who is she that looketh forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, terrible as a what? Army with banners. Look at verse 13. Return, return, O Shulamite. Return, return, that we may look upon thee. What will ye see in the Shulamite? As it were, the company of two armies. You're Old Testament saints, man. You know, Pastor Keeney and I were talking, and I says, You know, it says armies, and he's going, Yeah, it's plural. And he he took me back to Song of Solomon. He says, I think there's a reference back there. Because I asked him, because I told him, I'm too lazy. I don't want to turn around and grab a book and have to look something up. And so I asked him, and he, we came in, we sat down, we're talking about it. And he goes, and there may be a third army. And you know what that would be? Those who had the testimony in Jesus and loved not their lives unto death. Tribulation saints. And they're going to come back with him. So you need to understand, you're part of a church that's likened unto the body of Christ. It's likened unto a living temple. It's likened unto a mystery that the world does not understand. It's likened unto a new man made of very complex parts. It's likened unto a bride, and it's likened unto the army of God. Question. Bride, are you still inviting? And soldier, do you realize you're in a spiritual battle and not a physical one. And all God's people said, good night and God bless.